0: Welcome. I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here and welcome to Modern Business.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Modern Business Podcast. Thank you so much for hopping on with us here. Um, We are um, well past our uh, wonderful Franchisors.com summer franchise tour. Uh, We are into October, believe it or not. Um, I have uh, been in Chicago for about a month now. I know Ryan misses me very much. He admits it every day. Uh, But uh, really happy uh, to be um, in my, I guess, my own humble abode. I have been on the road quite a bit, and I've had the pleasure of hanging out Uh, with my next two guests quite a bit. They may even be sick of me at this point, but uh, really happy uh, to have uh, my two next guests on here in just a moment. Before I do that, uh, I do know that some folks, by the time you guys listen to this, it may be well past it. But um, I did want to highlight how excited I am for the Franchise Young Conference coming up. Uh, One of the folks who's going to be on this is actually attending. Uh, It's a really exciting event that I have spent a lot of time uh, with very little sleep. Uh, with uh, and, and I think it's going to be a really awesome event for everybody um, that is young and young-minded in the franchise space to kind of come together, uh, hang out, and learn some really innovative and new ideas that may not be talked about all that much at your average franchise show. Uh, so really looking forward to that. That will be November 4th and 5th in Miami Beach. Uh, it is currently October 10th right now. So by the time you listen to this, it may be well past. but please, folks, if it is well-passed, keep an eye out for next year. Uh, really exciting speakers that we have this year, and it will only be bigger and better in twenty twenty so uh now we have our two uh, our two guests that are coming up, two of which i uh, two people of which I definitely call um very close friends of mine, uh, as I said, they are definitely sick of me at this point, but i'm really happy to uh, finally have them. On the podcast for the first time, we have the Director of Franchise Development, Paige Robinson, on the line, in addition to the Vice President of Sales and Development of uh, American Family Care.
2: Uh,
0: Folks, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. We're happy to be here, and we could never be sick of you.
2: That is true. I'll echo that. Good afternoon, everyone. (laughs) Thank you, Zach, for having us
1: on. well they're just being kind guys of course they're sick of me i'm very easy to get sick of as we all know for all the folks who know me i talk way too much so um i i'll try not to talk too much today and let the guests do all the talking but i'm uh, really excited to have you guys on and i think that this will really um be interesting for people to learn because you guys are a really unique brand there are not very many that are like you and i know you hear that a lot but i don't think there's very many brands that have decided to hang their hats on urgent care like you guys have and you guys have done really a really great job of it, uh, being, you know, over 200, uh, b- being, you know, several, several units and having 200 plus people in your offices in Birmingham, Alabama, as we were just discussing. So um, it would be helpful for people just in case they don't know a lot about American Family Care, uh, just for you guys to kind of go through, you know, the nuts and bolts of, you know, the brand story and how it got started and, you know, what the business actually does just so people can familiarize themselves with bit.
2: Sure, sure. So uh, if Sean will allow, I'm happy to do that. Um, We were founded in 1982. So American Family Care, founded in 1982 by a then ER physician, uh, Dr. Bruce Irwin, who is actually still very much involved today. Uh, He has 64 currently clinics of his own that are corporately owned and operated, uh, still sole proprietor of those. And then Uh, We acquired a franchise brand back in 2013 uh, with about 50 units at the time and have since tripled in size, more than tripled in size on the franchise side and uh, brought everyone under that American Family Care banner. So one big happy family most of the time. Uh, We are a doctor's office. We're a brick-and-mortar walk-in doctor's office facility. So uh, if you think about urgent care in the traditional sense, thinking about bumps and bruises you come see us when you've got the flu Uh, when someone gets a scrape or has a laceration we can suture them up we have an in-house x-ray we have a lab Uh, really anything that you could do that is imminent 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 threat to life or limb we can handle Uh, we also have really great industrial health or occupational health program, which really all that means is employer services, right? So when you get hired uh, for a position, you might have to have a drug screen. You may have to get a physical. Um, All uh, guys and gals that drive really large trucks in this country, they have to have a DOT physical so we can provide all those services. And on the back end, um, if you have the unfortunate circumstance of being injured on the job, we can treat those workers' comp injuries as well. So full scope of accessible primary care, what we like to refer to as accessible primary care, urgent care and industrial health services. Um, So again, been around for 37 years and counting and have grown quite significantly uh, through those those times. Uh, Seeing the ebb and flow and evolution of the industry and we're really, really proud um, to be the nation's leading provider in urgent care. Uh, so happy to be here. I know uh, Sean is as well. We've both been on the team. I've been on the team for four years, and Sean's been with the company for, gosh, almost I'm, that I'm long. almost
0: at my four years, and uh, I think Paige summed that up really well. The only thing that I, that I would add, and I think is sometimes a misconception about our business, is that absolutely no need for a medical background to be a member of the AFC franchising team. Medical background is not a requirement. Yeah, and, and I was actually just going to
1: ask that, too. Is I, I think that that's really what my next question was going to be because if folks weren't listening uh, and I, they're maybe in the car or they're listening to this while they're um, working during the day or whatever it may be, um, Paige and Sean uh, do uh, play a very large part. Sean obviously running uh, the division for franchise sales and development. And a page playing a very large part in the day-to-day for it. So, of course, my first question is going to be, you know, what a typical candidate looks like. And, you know, you answered a question that, um, is probably something that you guys get a lot, uh, is that, you know, do I have to have a medical background to be a part of this? And if the answer to that is no, of course, uh, who is kind of your typical person, uh, of the profile of the typical person you're looking for? Because we do have uh, a lot of uh, multi-unit owners who are listening. We've interviewed many uh, in the past across a very who own various different types of businesses, so it may be helpful for those folks listening uh, just to get an idea of uh, if that profile fits who they are.
2: Well, sure, sure. I'm happy to go through maybe some of the, the typical folks that we look for and the personas that we feel like fit really well within our system. But first, I, I'd like to start by Giving a shout out to our current franchise body, uh, they are an amazing group of business owners, and in that group, you'll find really a wide spectrum uh, of entrepreneurs and leaders. We have former C-suite executives from brands that you know and love, uh, who I'll refrain from mentioning here, but everyone from, you know, hotel industry um, the firearms industry, the food industry, hospitality, you name it. So I'm really blessed to have a key group of individuals that are both legacy franchisees and new franchisees. I would say on the newer side, we found a lot of success with multi-unit, multi-brand operators and franchise owners. It's a really great diversification play for them if perhaps they already have a profile uh, or portfolio rather of brands and they're looking to expand. Maybe they have a QSR business, um, quick serve restaurants, and they want to do something a little different. Um, Maybe they are passionate about retail and real estate and it could be a great co-tenancy situation for them because they can place uh, an AFC urgent care, American family care, right next to a uh, high traffic retail location or right inside of one. Um, we always say that our typical perfect location is right in front of an anchor grocery store and right next to, you know, your name, your favorite, uh, fast food or quick serve joint, right? Uh, Chick fil A or Del Taco next to a Starbucks. Those are the types of locations that we're looking for, and so I think that it makes us very attractive to those multi-brand operators that um, can you know, leverage an economy of scale and put us right there with or next to their current brands that they may already have.
0: Yeah, I'll echo that sentiment with, in the beginning, it was the uh, escape from the C-suite for us. I, I believe many of the founding fathers, the founding franchisees of this company were leading the C-suite, and they did a great job of laying the groundwork. We saw a transition into a much more entrepreneurial mindset in, in sort of the the, the mid-levels of the, the company's growth. And then as we've developed as Page said, we really are now seeing a combination of still very entrepreneurial spirits, still a lot of C-folks coming over, and then the multi-unit. Uh, it, as we've grown and become big enough to support someone interested in opening multi, multiple units, we've, we've started to see more and more of an influx in those types of candidates.
2: We have, and let's not yeah. leave out our um, our friends, the physician group. Right, oh yeah, those guys too. <laughs> so we we have uh, we have some an ama- amazing amazing group. Uh, we love all of our franchisees, actually, and you can tell. I mean, we're really passionate about the community um, that that really they created, right? I mean, it it started before American Family Care even purchased the franchise system. So we did not get to choose our first franchisees; we inherited. An amazing group of franchisees, and for that we're very grateful. But there is another group, as a albeit a little bit smaller, but about 10 to 12 percent of our franchise ownership are in fact providers, whether that is a DO uh, or an MD or nurse practitioners. We have a lot of husband and wife teams that maybe the husband or wife is a nurse practitioner, and the other spouse is you know a business. Uh, minded person with incredible business acumen, and it works out really, really well uh, for them to partner and find something that they can do uh, as a team. So, we've seen a lot of success with that as well.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it, it's funny because it, you guys have many different profiles of people that you guys are, you know, speaking with, which I think is. You know, just from an extent, I think that people would ideally like to have the ability to speak to many different people with many different backgrounds that they know are going to be successful. But you, you know, there's one. On the one hand, there's a lot of people who would like to do that, but in the reality, most people can't. And I think that the fact that you guys have been successful with people from many different backgrounds is certainly a testament to you know, not only how much people enjoy being a part of uh, AFC's family, but, you know, maybe a little bit about how profitable it is too. And, you know, I think that one thing for for people to, I I guess that I'd like for people to understand, you know, what is the investment typically run? And is there multi-unit opportunities that people uh, can look into and explore with you guys? Or would you say that you guys typically um, kind of stick in the single unit operator and see how it goes and then uh, go from there type approach?
2: This is a really great question. We absolutely look for folks that want to develop more than one location with us. Uh, we think that there is a great benefit to being able to leverage economies of scale, right? Um, you get one open, you get the second one open, you get the third one open, and then you've got an organization and a management team that um, you can call on. So absolutely a great opportunity for those folks that want to have more than one location. Uh, we have area development agreements that are available as well. Uh, and of course, the investment level is a little bit different depending on what you want to do. Um, it's typically about a million dollar investment. So F- our FDD says, between 800 and change and 1.4. Um, typically, we see around 1 million to 1.2, depending on, of course, where you are. A little bit more expensive to open in, say, Southern California or the Bay Area than it would be in, say, Missouri or uh, somewhere in the Southwest, sure. uh, Southwest or Midwest. So just a sliding scale there, but um, going to need a fair amount of working capital as well. Normally, it's Around 900,000 to a million to get open, and then we suggest three to 450,000 in working capital. So a little bit more capital intense, maybe, than some of your other concepts, but we're working with insurance companies and credentialing and all of the things that are pretty unique to our business that we are uh, capable of helping our candidates with and our franchisees with as they move along.
0: Yeah, and I I think the thing that we recognize and the franchisees themselves are starting to see, uh, and I'll I'll add, when I say that, that some of the original franchisees, the early franchisees, are re-engaging and uh, using some licenses they've had from early on and deciding to open new locations. So it's good to see that reinvigoration in the system uh, but what happens is there's a big barrier to getting into that first one, and then you find that the second and third, uh, and then the fifth and the tenth, and and whatever increments you decide to go in, the barrier to move forward becomes less and less about the issues with the franchise, because you figured that out. You crossed the hurdles with the, uh, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, we do work with insurance companies, and there's always uh, some finesse involved with that. But once you have that part figured out, the hurdles to open the next location fall significantly. Uh, tremendously. Our biggest expense is also, as you would imagine, having to pay positions is, is is labor. And when we have a very specific and skilled labor set that's in each center. And once you can share that cost between multiple centers, you also start to see some advantages. So uh, certainly there are some folks that want to do one and some want to do 15 and some want to do 50. Uh, and we've been very lucky over the last year and a half to see uh, that diversification from I want to open one to, I'd like to come in I five and open 20 or open 20 de novo, all all sorts of things that are starting to open up for us.
2: We have, and I think just to echo that, it's why we are, uh, among just being a unique opportunity um, in the space, we really don't have any other competitors. I mean, if you... If you perhaps ever wanted to go to medical school, but you didn't, or you've always had a passion for health and wellness or medicine um, or accessible care, affordable care and making a difference, you know, at the unit level um, in healthcare in this country, I think that that appeals to a lot of folks. But not only that, we have so many prime territories that are still open and available for development. And I think that that's the challenge that a lot of the multi-unit, multi-brand guys and gals run into is that the territories are either you know already taken, or they can't just go in as a completely greenfield opportunity and just purchase a swath, right? Uh, and that is available with us because we're still relatively new, even though we're a 37-year-old company. The franchise arm of the business. Um, has, you know, just been around for a few years. And as we start to attract a more sophisticated buyer, and we are, we're definitely seeing that, um, that they want to get in while the, uh, the strike while the iron's hot, right? And while all those territories are available. So we're seeing more and more area development agreements being executed now um, as we as we move forward.
1: I definitely agree. And it's, it's pretty amazing that you guys have people of all shapes and sizes that have still managed to, become incredibly successful. And I think that that, again, is a testament to how successful that you guys are. And I think that, you know, echoing the fact that, you know, a lot of people who wanted to go to medical school, but maybe didn't quite make it in, have this outlet to be able to really help people at the end of the day. Sure. They may be working with insurance a little bit more than that, uh, than in other jobs, historically, and insurance can be frustrating, but they are doing good for people and they're ensuring that people are healthy and happy and all of that great stuff. And I think that that, Um, One interesting wrinkle that I think uh, you guys are really contributing to that I really enjoy is that you're kind of working side by side with what's become a really big boom in franchising, which is, you know, the fact that the population is aging a lot and that you guys, of course, um, are playing a very large role in making sure that people in general are very healthy. And so, you know, with the population aging, there's going to be a larger requirement for, you know, Um, affordable primary care and urgent care just in general. And you guys are really right on the forefront of that. So, you know, how how are you guys speaking to people um, when it comes to, you know, comes to that fact? Because that is such a big part of franchising. Now, there are so many brands that are prioritizing, you know, that aging population and having goods and services to help that out, to to kind of um, reflect that. Um, How are you guys seeing that affect your business on a day-to-day basis when you guys are talking to candidates? I mean, is that something that you think will help to drive revenue in the future, that, you know, the fact that, you know, that people are just getting older on average and in this country, you know, I guess the average person really just is a lot older than they were, um, you know, five years ago, just based off of who's here in America.
0: Yeah, there's actually a couple of facets to that. And um, I suppose practicing what we preach, uh, it's a big part of the discussions, not only at the uh, the the sales point where we're talking potential franchisees, but that's something that all the way up through our C-suite to our owner, uh, demography is one of Dr. Irwin's uh, I, I guess pastimes. If you've never read Accidental Superpower, it's one of his books that he suggests that I read that really discusses uh, that inverted uh, age pyramid where your 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 older folks are starting to become uh, towards the end of their working age and starting to rely on some of the younger folks to support the system. And somewhere in the middle, our old healthcare system was not really prepared for this bulge in the population. So part of what our strategic vision has been for years, and this is Dr. Irwin's vision, not, uh, not something that I came up with or anyone in the sales department came up with, but him looking at that, at, at that age group and really being part of that age group, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing his age. Is that they did a really poor job in the years past of keeping people healthy. So his two focuses have been both keeping folks healthy. If you're young and you've never had a primary care physician, you don't necessarily need one. Come see us, and we can take care of your high blood pressure. We can check it for you and make sure that your A1C for your diabetes is fine. We can make sure that you're not suffering from any of these chronic uh, chronic conditions that the older generations didn't know any better or didn't think about or just. You know, I'll I'll get through it and I'll be fine. And now we're we're paying the price for it as they they age, uh, or they they get older in age and, and start to suffer more from these chronic conditions. So his his vision and his his goal for us is to, uh, page use the term uh, easily accessible primary care, and even that maybe is is not the right term for us to use because what we want to become is just an integrated part of healthcare. We want it to be easy, just as easy for you to come in and get. Uh, your blood pressure checked or your monthly injection for whichever chronic illness you may have. Uh, any type of test or any type of medication you may need where right now you may need to wait six months to schedule with a specialist to get an osteoporosis drug, we hope that one day it's just as easy to stop by AFC and get that without a, or without a, a, a plan, without having to, to look that far ahead and just make it happen as part of your daily life. So, yeah, absolutely. It's a huge part of what we're trying to do. We know that the segment... Uh, of the population that's looking for easy, uh, easy to get to health care is getting larger. And uh, we see a lot of green, the green field is growing for us as the population ages.
2: It certainly is. And I say just as an aside to that or an add-on, rather, that uh, young folks, Do not normally have a primary care physician and Sean alluded to that as well. So yes, we've got the boomer population um, that we can absolutely tend and monitor um, their chronic illnesses if they have them. Um, Sean mentioned, you know, the osteoporosis shot. That's just one example of many avenues that we are researching and working uh, towards driving that incremental patient volume into both our corporate locations and into our franchise locations um, and back to the, the you know the millennial take is that you know, we're starved for time constantly um, we don't have a primary care co- physician that we could even make an appointment with, and if we could, it's probably going to take us three to six weeks to get in. So I think that we're hitting the nail on the head um, with multiple demographics, and so we've got a whole lot of really scientific, amazing research that we've done, but the simple fact of the matter is we're a really great value-based solution uh, for pretty much everyone in the population.
0: We want it to be just as easy for somebody as 18 or 80 to get their health care.
2: See
1: you. See you. Well, good. Well, I mean, look. I mean, I think that it's certainly something that you guys, uh, you guys are definitely providing, um, you know, something that a lot of people need, and I think that that's really important. I myself don't have a primary physician. I go to an urgent care whenever I need something similar. If there's an AFC close by, let me know because I just moved. So, hop on me and get that franchisee on me. And if there if, if there isn't anybody here, and if there is, not I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that it'll come soon. But, you know, Not I think
2: yet. If, we're yeah, working on your area.
1: <laughs> well, good. Well, let me know where I can go when I can. But but at any rate, um, you know, I think that uh, it, it leads me to a question that I am curious about um, when it comes to you kind of did mention that uh, that, that little buzzword that uh, that I spend a lot of time talking about, which is millennials. And I am kind of curious. I understand that on the franchise development side of things, uh, I imagine that, you know, due to the um, loftier investment. I imagine you're probably not talking to a lot of the youngest people in the world sometimes, but on the consumer side, I'm sure that you guys do do a lot of uh, really interesting programs. Um, is there uh, any tools or tricks that you guys are using uh, just in general when it comes to speaking to the younger generations to kind of, uh, you, you know, make it make it easy for them to find you guys is there anything in particular that you guys can call? And I know Paige specifically, you do have a background of playing a role in the marketing of the company. So I am a little bit curious as to, you know, if there's anything in particular that you guys do that's interesting that are kind of helping, you know, make people like me, I suppose, aware of what you guys are doing.
2: Well, I would say just as a, as a whole, we are constantly evolving because um, as everyone knows, uh, the healthcare space in this country is constantly evolving and we want to make sure that we stay ahead of it. And it's, it's everything from, uh, changing our electronic health records solution that we're offering to our entire system in order to be more inclusive, more comprehensive, keep better patient data so that it can share between locations. That's a huge, huge issue and a challenge. If you go to uh, an ASC in Boston, and then you're on vacation in San Diego, we want to make sure that that patient data can be shared. Um, It's something that we have not traditionally been able to do, but because of the great work that's been put in by our executive team and our training team and the rest of the folks that are working on this huge project. I mean, really it's a, it's a brain transplant, right? You're changing everything about your health system and record keeping and um, people have jumped in. Uh, our team has jumped in both feet and our chief medical officer is at the helm, Dr. Barlow. And um, we are really looking forward to rolling that out, not just because it's a better solution, but because you've got telemedicine capabilities You've got you know all kinds of things that we just didn't have access to prior to bringing it on board. So I would say that that's you know it's it's at front of the it's at front of mind right now just because it's what everyone is working on so diligently. Um, In six months, it will probably be something new and exciting. But right now, we're just uh, we're in the transition phase of changing over everything on the electronic health records piece that I think will just be head and shoulders above what we've been able to do in the past.
0: Yeah, to dig a little deeper into the technology side of it, it it, it is more the nuts and bolts of the business. And uh, the letters E, M, and R to many physicians or health practitioners out there, you're getting chills just from hearing that. But one of the things that the size of our system and the fact that we're a franchise system, uh, there has never been an enterprise solution because typically if you're a hospital system or you're a large practice, you're really essentially one business. And for us, obviously, that's not the case. We have uh, approximately 97 businesses with over 200 locations that are operating. And in order seeing 3 million people a year. Seeing over 3 million patients a year. In order to make uh, a system that that really can connect all those dots for us, it didn't exist. And, and we're working very closely with the new EMR uh, electronic medical records uh, vendor that's, that's very graciously put up with our very high demands to make sure that there's a, a solution in place that... As Paige was saying, our patient's experience uh, is, is seamless. Whether you're seen in Tampa or Timbuktu, we want it to feel like you're walking into an AFC just like every other franchise in the world would like. And uh, it has been a, an enormous task to try and bring that, that in-house under control and, and make that happen because this isn't necessarily something that's a change for franchising. But we went to the healthcare world, the healthcare technology world and said, this doesn't exist, we need this, we need it to work like this, and you have to help us create it. And it's been in the works for approximately two years, and we'll be transitioning for the next year, and ultimately it will make a huge difference to our patients.
2: I would say, as, as well, just on the marketing piece, uh, we're constantly finding ways in which, you know, to um, increase our visibility on the B2C side. And so, for example, you know, everyone's talking about the flu, right? You got to go get your flu shot. It's that time of year. Um, and it's our busiest time of year. And so we uh, coined the term, I mean, it is trademarked by American Family Care National Flu Prevention Week. It didn't exist before. You know, it's a, it's a great way for us to get the word out there, and to raise our profile, and um, also to remind people to get their flu shot, and hopefully keep them healthy. So, uh, yes, we've got a few a few little tricks of the trade, and uh, hopefully more to come.
1: <laughs> um, well, I mean, I mean, look at that. That that is interesting to me in terms of you know some of the innovative things that you guys are doing that are very different. Is there any other Is there any other types of programs that you guys are talking about that are interesting and different i know that you touched on that you guys are doing quite a bit of cause marketing that you know you know the leukemia lymphoma foundation is really you know near and dear to your guys hearts as a as a national organization um is there anything else that you guys are doing um you know that are adding i guess a purpose um in terms of cause marketing or any other tools that you guys are providing to franchisees just to make them more ingrained rather it's more ingrained in the community or to help them be more profitable is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on there
2: well, I would say at a national level, absolutely. The Leukemia Lymphoma Society uh, connection and partnership is very near and dear, especially to my heart. I lost my, my grandfather, is my mentor, um, from leukemia a couple of years back. We've got a lot of similar situations. You know, everyone's been touched by cancer. Right, in some way, a form or a fashion, personally, mm-hmm. uh, or family member, or friend, or otherwise, and so it's something that is very important to us, and not just because it's it's personal, but because if you present in one of our clinics, so if you come in as a patient into one of our AFC facilities and you are presenting symptoms of the flu, um, we do we're able to do labs in house for you, right? Because we want to be able to provide as many services right there in the facility as possible rather than having to send you on to an ER or to another office. Um, it's a convenience thing for the patient, absolutely, and then also we want to be able to provide as many services and, and drive that volume as business as well. Um, so if you come in and you're presenting with flu-like symptoms, it is very possible that you could perhaps have early stages of leukemia and not even know it. So we have so many personal stories from patients that have come in and really do credit American Family Care with saving their lives. And so that's something that we take really, really seriously. Not only is it a it's a noble profession, it's a noble business, but we are truly saving lives. Uh, and that's, that's something that has been happening since inception of the company and something that will continue to happen because the simple fact is not everyone has an access point into the healthcare system and we're providing that. Um, And so on a national level, it's really important for us to support uh, those types of organizations. And so um, our franchisees do a wonderful job. And there are, I would say if you ask, probably polled 15 to 20 franchisees, they would all give you uh, maybe a a different organization that they are uh, passionately involved with, and they have the leeway uh, to do that, and we support that.
0: And that was going to be my point, is that when we start talking to folks from the very beginning, um, like many businesses, healthcare is local. It doesn't matter if you're a franchisor or the brand is national, the doctors, local, the owners are local, and that's where we benefit, is that even though it's a national presence Uh, The doctor lives in the community. The doctor is part of the community. The doctor and the owner are your neighbors. They're your friends. They're the people that live down the street. So uh, even as part of the the pre-opening marketing, we're looking for causes in the area. What do you support? How can we help you support those causes? And uh, I'm actually going to name drop, and I apologize for doing that. But Sean Gill is a a franchisee in Houston, and we were discussing just this weekend um, when we were getting tired of you, I think.
2: Uh, we we were discussing <laughs> that, that
0: sounds they, right. yeah we we were discussing that there was um when they when the hurricane hit Houston he was one of the first uh, urgent cares he was one of the first health care centers up and running and he was seeing patients for free anyone that could get to his centers he has multiple centers and anyone who could get to his locations they were seeing patients for free and we all donated money to that from the corporate office and around the the system as well as some of our vendor partners chipping in and not charging for supplies. And I just thought uh, to myself when I was doing that, you really can't do much better than that when you're, you're helping people literally on the front lines of a disaster and it just happened. It just came together automatically. So I think that's the spirit that we have is everybody's looking for how they can do something to help. And very few businesses used to say, I either may have or did save somebody's life today. That's a cool thing to go home and say
1: there's very few businesses in franchising that allow you to say that that's for sure. So I think that, you know, you're making a difference in people's lives in a smaller way, but, you know, changing people's lives in the sense that, you know, you're ensuring that they're healthy and that they're alive in general to actually go and enjoy their day is, you know, definitely not something that you come across all that often. And I think that that's one of the many benefits that you guys have to your business. And, you know, I, I, I'm happy that you guys got a chance to talk about this um, a little bit more. Now, now, just for people to learn a little bit more about how to become part of the, you know, AFC family, um, is there a place that they can go online in particular that uh, might be helpful for them just so they can go and check it out?
2: Absolutely. Zach, thank you for asking. <laughs> Certainly, <laughs> afcfranchising.com. And so um, our uh, cohort russ smith and brian robinson we we make up the small but mighty team of four here in afc uh franchise development and so um i work with all of our candidates west of the mississippi currently and alabama as well as our home state and we're both uh sean and brian and i are based here and uh then russ my cohort uh, he is east of the Mississippi River, and he lives up in New Hampshire. So, um, if you would like to explore the opportunity, we would welcome the opportunity to talk with you. Um, it is never ever a bad day when we get to talk about what we do, so and what we could perhaps partner on and kind of uh, see if it's a good fit for the candidate, if it's a good fit for us. We have Discovery Day here in our home office every month, and. It's a huge thing. I mean, our, our executive team supports it. Um, we get to go out to a really fun dinner the night before and break the ice and get to know everyone. Uh, and then the next day is, we call it drinking through a fire hose because it really is a different business, right? That most people have not either considered or been a part of before, healthcare, that is. Um, of course, some have, but it's a, it's a lot of acronyms, right? It's a lot of learning. And so uh, to get to that point, we just, you know, we talk on the phone and we connect you with franchisees and um, it's it's a fun due diligence process, hopefully for most. I know it always is for me and the rest of my team.
0: Yeah, so you can get to okay. us at afcfranchising.com or you can see us on Facebook, of course, at AFC Franchising LLC. And we are also on LinkedIn. You can find us. So we're out there just about everywhere you want to be. Well, well, excellent guys. And,
1: you know, thank you so much for your time. I know that, you know, since you have been on the road just as much as I have, I, I know that the time in the office is precious and I appreciate you guys donating some of it uh, to uh, all of us here at Modern Business. Uh, we really look forward to seeing how your um, the rest of your year rounds out and how next year goes. I know that you guys have some pretty awesome plans that you guys have been telling me all about. And uh, I, I, of course, am looking forward to seeing you guys again uh, very soon. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, this has been uh, another episode of Modern Business uh, with the crew from American Family Care. If you want to learn a little bit more, that is afcfranchising.com. That's afcfranchising.com. Thank you all so much for listening. i uh, talk to you guys soon.